Podcast for Nebraska. This <laughs> is Tom Chick and I. I'm here to discuss Nebraska with you and Christian Molisky. Janice. <laughs> and with the Nebraska tagline, Kelly Wand. Uh, I guess you say it's a case of highway coppery. <laughs> hmm. I have to process that one a little bit, Kelly Wand. I had to back up. Uh, yes, yeah, so let's, let's say that one was rejected. Let's say the judges were like, no, we will not accept that tagline for Nebraska. Do you have something else for us, Kelly Wand? What would you then say? Uh, it's like Little Miss Sunshine, but with a different aged protagonist. <laughs> let's go with that one, Kelly Wand. I had another one. Silent Funning? Mm, I could use a little work to see line. where you were going, but uh, I think that one needs a little work. Highway Cobbery. Did you do that one? Yeah, that was your first attempt, and the judges rejected it. Uh, we'll go with the Little Miss Sunshine comparison. I'm, I'm down with that one. Good. I'll stop talking. That's the catchphrase. Uh, all right, so let's see. Uh, maybe you have not seen Nebraska. We don't want to spoil it for you just yet. Stick around. You're still talking to me? The, the listeners. So, Kelly Wand, it's their turn now right. to, to be addressed. Uh, listeners, maybe you have not seen Nebraska. <laughs> Kelly Wand, I know, has seen Nebraska. I'm pretty sure. Yes. I know Dingus has seen it. I know I have seen it. Maybe you're worried that we're going to spoil it. Well, guess what? We're not just yet. <laughs> guess what? Right. That's how you spice that up. So, thing is, without spoiling Nebraska for folks listening who haven't seen it yet, how would you characterize what we saw this week? Uh, I would say this week we saw Nebraska, mm. a 2013 American dramedy movie about how long it takes to drive from Montana to Nebraska. <laughs> It was directed by Alexander Payne and written by Bob Nelson. It stars Angela McEwen, Missy Doty, Bruce Dern, Will Fort, Bob Odenkirk, and June Squibb. Nebraska is rated R for yep. some language. Because it really seemed to me, I guess there was a CSR. Like, it seemed to me like this should have been a PG 13. I don't know. People oh, say shit. It should be okay. Easily. It's age based. There's no way this is an R rated movie. It's ridiculous. No, it really is R rated? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's rated R for some language. It's Alexander Payne fucking with the MPAA. I think he just doesn't care. No kids. First of all, this is not. I, I don't think he did. I don't think they lost any segment of their audience by not being PG 13. Uh, so I think he just doesn't care. The yeah. MPAA saw it, and they were like, hey, there's an F-bomb, and Judith yeah. Squibb reveals her privates to a tombstone. You're, you're getting an R, and they just kind of they just kind of shrugged. They're like, okay, that's fine. We don't care. No, but he said on the Isn't election. It's only one F-bomb? It's just that main, like, go fuck yourselves moment, right? That's the only one I remember. By the way, we are now spoiling the pot. Uh, uh, sorry. You. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, on the election commentary, he said that on planes, they would cut out a shot where it shows, like, the cavemen exhibit their dicks at the New York Museum. There's like, only one out. dick. 
and oh. the woman's breasts. But then he's like, wait, you can go to the museum to see that. Yeah, but that's a rated museum. Yeah, exactly. Well, history was R-rated. Thematic elements as well. Roland Emmerich tamed it down. So uh, Nebraska only is playing in four theaters, so you probably (laughs) haven't seen it. Two of them are in Nebraska, though, or one of them is, isn't it? You're probably not even listening to the podcast because you haven't seen it. Uh, But maybe you've come back after it's out on DVD or whatever. So this is old news, but just to let you know... It was in four theaters. It was not number one at the box office this weekend. Huh. <laughs> Wait, Thor's only playing in three theaters, so it should have been. Thor beat Nebraska. Um, Nebraska, actually, so when, when you have a limited release like this, what you do is you look at the number of theaters and the overall take, and you then do a per-theater average. Um so uh, this isn't necessarily a signifier of anything, you know, things th- this is not the kind of movie that depends on its opening weekend of course, but if you do want to look at per theater averages, Nebraska is not doing very well. Um it made 15,000 a theater and that's not that, that's kind of expected. That's actually if you look at what Thor makes per theater, Nebraska is doing every bit as good as Thor. Nebraska on par with Thor, both movies making about fifteen thousand dollars in every theater they show. Uh, however, if you want to look at real success stories for this kind of limited release, um, Twelve Years a Slave, for instance, which is running right now, uh, it's been slowly uh, expanding the the release schedule, uh, and it's making fifty thousand uh, a theater. Hmm. Uh, Sideways, which was Alexander Payne's next-to-last movie, also made 50000 a theater. Uh, the Descendants, his previous movie, which had a little George Clooney flavoring it, sort of sweetening the per-theater pot. Uh, the Descendants only made 40000 a theater. Actually, that was very good. It did very well. Uh, so for its, its limited opening at four theaters, uh, Nebraska is not really knocking anyone's socks off. At but I wasn't places. kidding. One of those four theaters is in Nebraska. Something. And the other three are here. In, oh, there's probably two there's here, and one two. in New York. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so what you're saying, Kelly, why is the cheapskates in Nebraska are dragging this thing down? Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's see how it's doing critically, Kelly Wand. Kelly uh, Wand, if we go to Rotten Tomatoes, which is the percentage of reviews that are positive, yeah. Nebraska's at 90%. What do you think of that? Hey. Mm, predictable. Okay. Well, if you go to Metacritic, which is the average rating from various reviews, uh, Nebraska is at 84. Hmm. Not predictable. That's per each theater, though. That's right, Kelly Wan. I was predicting 84. Oh, wait. No, it is predictable, then. Disregard what I said. Uh, Either one, I predicted 91. Real quick bit of box office news. If, if you're tracking the top grossing movies of 2013, uh, Fast and Furious 6 was in fifth place. Gravity was in sixth place. Then, oh. as of this weekend, Gravity moved past Fast and Furious 6. Oh, sweet. That's fucking awesome. For some reason, I can't explain. <laughs> Maybe just because the mode of transportation was higher tech, and people were like, oh, instead of a rocket-powered car, we just use a rocket. There were fewer tanks. Like you didn't have Tyrese Gibson jumping off a tank so much in Gravity. <laughs> but literally, but it's like they go, "Well, we've we've it's Fast Furious Six. We have seen it, but Gravity is something we probably haven't seen before. So they actually did want to see something new. 
Yeah. Well, well, actually, the real, I mean, Kelly Wand, I don't know if you're joking, but that is a, a lot of what's encouraging about Gravity is it's the only now movie in the top five grossing for this year that isn't part of some franchise. Um, oh, even really? Even some of them I like. Yeah, because it goes, uh, it, well, you could argue Man of Steel is, no, I would no. say Man of Steel. That's definitely. Super- When's the last time that happened where a movie wasn't a franchise and it was a huge hit? Titanic? No. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Did you? Uh, gravity. I mean, I think gravity is a best case. But they don't want, there's not going to be a gravity, too. Or no, is there? Not. Well, yeah. Sure. Wait, I could see a good one, actually, where it becomes interdimensional. And she's, like, she's stuck on Earth, but the Earth's out of control. Mm. So she has to get off Earth, and, like, she has to dodge mountains and shit. She has to travel between the nine realms. That's a great idea. <sighs> you Kelly Wand? Well, we here on the Quarter Three Podcast, we just want to congratulate Gravity and uh, keep going. <laughs> Get up there. They really get our. Yeah, we're hoping now. Gravity, we're, we're, we're rooting for you. Uh, pass up Monsters University. That's that's next. You've conquered Fast and Furious Six. Now conquer Monsters the Universe. Ditty. Wait. See what you did there, Kelly Wand. Did you guys see the trailer for the movie? No, we did not. Uh, did not watch trailer. Say no. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, no. Yeah. Go ahead. Finish your question because I knew that was going to be the answer. What would you have asked us about? Uh, the movie, the Spike Jones movie, where the guy dates his OS. And it's voiced by Scarlett. Stop Jones. talking. Will you stop talking? See, Kelly Wand. <laughs> uh, you will be hearing more about the movie Her uh, when we see it uh, for this podcast. Uh, but until then. Yeah. Shut up, Kelly. <laughs> no, Kelly, I don't want you to shut up because now what I want from you uh, are Nebraska spoilers. <laughs> and Kelly Wand, maybe if you were to detail everything that happens in the Nebraska movie, we could call it a Nebraskasis. <laughs> Is that close? Why do you pretend you're not articulate for two seconds every podcast? <laughs> I don't, Kelly Wan, it's my attempt to get into your mind. You know, right, okay. It's what I have to do okay. to adapt you're myself. You're playing to my zone, right? Yeah, yeah. So was I close? Yeah, you added a couple consonants, but that's your thing. Kelly Wan, why don't you smooth it out for us, tell us what it is, and then uh, drive it like you stole it. Lapsus. Mmm. I like the sound of that, Kelly Wan. Just braps, like the noise. <laughs> That's the noise that Nightcrawler makes when he teleports. <laughs> Dingus. Wait a minute. Dingus went ek? The guy who likes every Thor movie? Dis- was no, I want, I want the real the real sound. Oh, I see. Tom real was sound. Mi- everybody knows the real sound is snicked. Stop talking. You must stop talking. All right. Kelly Wan, then you start I, talking and give us the nebraskas. Walk it like you stole it. Teleport like I... Uh, uh, Nebraskas. Alexander Payne makes his first movie about awkward family reunions and deteriorating spouses since The Descendants. And probably Tom's favorite movie about cross-country filial stunt casting since that Seth Rogen, Barbara Streisand thing he likes so much. Stupid Tom watching <laughs> on the road with his mom. Um, Bruce Stern gets arrested for walking in cold weather. He's married to a fierce little shrew thinks he's retarded. I can relate, except that Dern's character is younger and has his shit more together. They have two sons. Bob Odenkirk's the white sheep brother because he reads stuff into a camera sitting down instead of saying stuff about audio equipment standing up at work, like his brother MacGruber. But MacGruber has a sweet deal where he can take a week or two off on no notice, like Don McKay. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, you're supposed to make some noise there. I enjoyed that. Very upset. Bruce Dern served during the Korean War by fixing 
planes for the enemy, but then got shot down by friendly fire, so now he thinks junk mail's legit. The rest of the world may have moved on with their free health care in Windows 8, but since Dern's old school, when he opens some mail with Ed McMahon's face on it from the 70s that tells me may have already won a million dollars worth of subscriptions to Bing Toolbars Monthly, he abandons his wife and starts walking down a freeway to Nebraska. That shit may be cute once, but after the fifth freeway, MacGruber's all. Fine, I drove to Rhode Island last week so we could fill out his Arby's customer survey card from 1938. <laughs> I'll just drive him to Nebraska real quick so he'll feel humiliated and even more confused. There's probably a phone number on the letter that would resolve this faster and less... <laughs> <laughs> but nobody in Billings has a phone. <laughs> Oh, yeah, MacGruber's girlfriend moved out on him the day before for unspecified reasons. She brings his clothes back in a suitcase, which seems weird since she lived there, too. <laughs> she takes his clothes with her. What's up with that shit? And he doesn't care. He's like, oh, hey, when are you going to He asks her when she's moving back in. Chip off the old block. Bruce Stern loses his teeth playing drunken chicken against a train. So MacGruber decides to have a family reunion halfway into the journey, although Dern has no idea which planet he's on, and his wife and sons keep insisting he's broke and rich. Everyone in Nebraska finds the prospect that he's both a millionaire and the Queen of Scots convincing enough to shake him down for an arbitrarily arrived at cut. <laughs> That's the sound I thought you would make after I said that other thing. Tom? I make that sound many different times. All right, it's a good point. So does Mark Duplass. Gotcha. Ooh. That's obscure. I know. That's way too obscure, Kelly. Yeah. Maybe you oh. should explain that to the listeners. No. Okay. It's our art house podcast. All right. Just a real quick then uh, asterisk. Uh, Kelly Wan thinks you should see your sister's sister to understand oh, I was that. Oh, it's zero to thirty. No, I thought you were doing Hump Day. Ah, oh. Dingus wins. The Dems are so appalled. Wait, the Derns. <laughs> the Dems. <laughs> when did this get political? <laughs> what the heck? Is this a government shutdown? I know I had minutes on end to stare at that word, and it still looked like Dems to me. And it was written down. I was just talking extemporaneously. Tom, any, any noises you'd like to make based on that? <laughs> the Dems, the Derns, are so appalled by these breaches of familial decency that they go to graveyard so Mrs. Dem can flash her vagina at some dead cousin's tombstones, which Tom ruined. Sorry. That's a good point. Dem mentioned something about 800 bucks Stacy Keach and an air compressor, so MacGruber starts a barroom fight and with Odenkirk hides in a barn. But luckily, the redneck rapist cousins decide. <laughs> <laughs> it's my, my new favorite show on a &E. <laughs> Yeah, they value. Never mind. I don't want to ruin the joke in the movie. Uh, they decide Dern must have the money on him already, so they rob him in an alley, but are satisfied with finding junk mail on his person. <laughs> run away. Did they even know they were looking for a letter? Yes. They throw it Oh. They go, wait, Heath says, never mind. We'll get into this later. They throw <laughs> it away and hide in their apartment until MacGruber knocks so they can taunt him with how dumb his dad is for getting mail. I guess Stacy Keach has a thing about picking up junk mail in the gutter because he finds it. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody in Nebraska thinks reading other people's junk mail out in the bar is hilarious. 
don't even know that guy. And they're laughing at him. I guess that's the thing. But MacGruber's just about enough of old people's mental illness and slugs Keach while the rest of the bar watches in rising disinterest. <laughs> After a couple more hospital shenanigans and they take down some Russian spies, Dern and Groobs make it to an office park where an accountant lady tells them that Dern hasn't even won the magazines and, in fact, are being sought by the police for a variety of assaults, larcenies, and unpaid doctor bills. But she gives Dern a hat that says mentally ill magazine subscriber on it. <laughs> and whisk them out with her broom. Luckily, MacGruber's Circuit City gig pays enough for him to buy trucks and air compressors out of state on a whim. So he lets Turn drive one of these down the street seconds before everybody they met in the movie simultaneously comes out of their houses. Let's him drive one of these. Oh, that's... See, Tom? Dinkus likes the tricky ones. The embedded gems. Perfect. Not jokes. Uh, simultaneously comes out of the house's workplace down at the same street and watches them drive by and I guess assumes the most logical explanation is that Dern's a millionaire. Only now they're just all, uh... In a post-credits Easter egg, Dern goes to Burger King and scratches off a ticket that makes him president and we invade South Korea but lose. The end! Kind of short. Didn't have time. More making fun of a movie that I liked. Think ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes, Kelly Wand. I like ninety percent of the movie, although I do think that ending was a little harder to buy. Like I was, I think I just, I, I really believed in the main characters, but I didn't believe in the way people treated them. It's kind of like how Charlie Brown always gets bitched, even when he like saves a guy's life on a battlefield. Okay, so it worked for you mostly in that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Good. Not that you asked. No, I, I, I want to know. Dingus, are you with this guy? Uh, no, I'm not. I can't be. Oh, Dingus hates Nebraska? Dingus, well, yeah. How, what's, it's irresistible. 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. What's your deal, Dingus? Uh, I don't think the movie understands. I don't think Alexander Payne knows what his tone is supposed to be with this movie. And I don't think most of our audience knew either. I think they were really confused. And I was too. I, 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 don't, I don't really care for it. Okay, when Bruce Dern gets nominated for an Oscar, you're going to feel a little silly. Yeah, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do his performance, which will be me just staring at a wall. What? Huh? What? What? What's that? Huh? Huh? What? What's that, Dingus? What? Is, what? Huh? Huh? What? Where? Wait. What? Yeah. What? Huh? Huh? What? what do you think of that, Kelly Wand? What do you think of our rendition of Bruce Dern's performance in Nebraska? How do you feel about that, Kelly Wand? Well, he's propped up by that lady always yelling at him, which I thought was really funny. As oh, yeah, driving, they are hilarious. That, that is the they're greatest a funny couple, couple June Squibb reminded me of Jack Nicholson in The Departed. <laughs> she was off the hook. Director, Alexander Payne, get your actor under control for Pete's sake. Jesus. What? Oh, he wrote her that way. What are you talking about? She was it's out funny. of control. She's That's not in funny. the. She's not in the same movie as anyone else. What the hell is going on? Trying to shoot a movie. <laughs> Why is she lifting up her skirt? Oh, that's right. It's in the script. Uh. <laughs> Kelly Wand, as we're driving to the theater, I saw this with Dingus. Dingus thought he saw Bruce Dern. Dingus is like, "Oh, there's Bruce Dern." Wait, was that Usher or something? <laughs> Yeah, Dinks, explain yourself. What's going on? I did on? see him, and I realized that they were doing a Q&A at the Arc Light in Hollywood. Um, and uh, as we drove into the 
uh, parking garage, I saw Bruce Dern standing there with a baseball cap on, waiting for his valet to bring his car to him. It's great. Huh? What? 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 Huh? Uh, say again? Huh? That's who the character is, though. He goes, huh, a lot. Where? He used to be, um... I actually, so, so to be fair, I, I, I really... I laughed a lot. Okay. So I thought it was good. I, I really did like watching Bruce Dern in this. I mean, I, I think Bruce Dern still has some great performances left in him. Um, that sounds terrible to put it that way. But uh, I, I was really watching this. I was keenly aware that Bruce Dern can be a great actor, but I think it's kind of a tactical mistake to make your great actor so completely removed from the action to sort of squander a performance on a uh, – is the word senescent? Is that a word, Dingus? Uh, that's how it is. Sinestro. I don't know what Sinestro. Okay, well, I'm, I'm basically a character who's just not mentally present, um, and I don't think he ever really connects with anyone. And I think that's kind of an error. I was sort of expecting, as we're, we're watching it, that he's going to be that way, and then there's going to be, hopefully, not like this grand redemptive scene. No, there wasn't. That. I think they try for a connection in his look in the pickup truck, but it doesn't really. Yeah, right. Well, well, the thing is, he never breaks out of that kind of like uh, childlike incomprehension, um, and that's what I thought. And to, to lock him into that, um, because he's got like when he's listening and the way he looks at people and just his face. I mean, most of us who like movies have a history with Bruce Dern, and so to just see him on screen that that weathered um, and just his eyes are still he had his nose hairs. His crazy nose hairs. I mean, that must have been what that hairstylist really got paid for. <laughs> um, but I, I, so I really liked him. But otherwise, Kelly Wan, I'm with Dingus. I hated this movie. We, so there was a, a screening with a Q&A before we saw it. Oh, and I was kind of, what? and I was kind of bummed that I missed that until I actually saw the movie and realized that if I'd had to sit through a Q&A, I would have been just one of the guys sitting there with my arms crossed. Like, sort of yeah. like, okay, let's hear you, what you have to say for yourself. <laughs> But I really disliked this. I dislike this a lot, I'm afraid. Mm, I thought it was really funny. Well, then let's talk about some of the humor, because some of the humor uh, was hit or miss. Dingus, you mentioned you thought it had an, uh, an uneven tone. Uh, That's true. Uh, and a lot of good comedies I do. I mean... I don't think this movie knows what... I don't know that Alexander Payne knows what he's trying to make. I don't know what he's doing here. Because I, I felt I, like the, the laughter in the theater was uncomfortable, and then there was this group of ladies sitting behind us who a couple times were like, I don't think that's funny. I think that's sad. Um, and, and I think people were were ready for something to laugh at, but I think essentially what's going on in the movie isn't funny. Um, I think it's painful. It's, I think it's, it was just painful for me. It just never really felt like it hit its stride. Uh, there were a couple moments where I was just like rooting for it. It was about to turn the corner, but I, I don't think I don't think Alexander Payne knows what he's making here. And I and there are pretty things about it. I can't for the life of me figure out why it's in black and white or what he's doing with it. I don't know what oh, he's doing. That's good. Uh, so on rebuttal the humor. Did, so I thought the re- I thought the humor was funny the whole way through, and it never had that redemptive moment that Tom was talking about, like where, where you guys feared it. Like it was it was every scene that you think is gonna be schmaltzy goes south. And I think that's just the movie's vision. And if you don't think it's funny, that's fine. But to me, it was – she goes to a grave. I thought she, that woman was a, an original comic creation, and I, I, I loved every scene she was in. Although she does take – she imbalances the movie, and I, I know what you guys are saying, but it was definitely, like, not boring. <laughs> well, 
I, I like June Squibb, and when we did a three by three of our favorite old ladies, Kelly Wan, she was my pick for for her showing up in About Schmidt. Yeah, um, but uh, Wait, she's the mo- she was Jack Nicholson's wife in that. Yeah, yeah, and she's been in other things. I mean, she's been around for. That's what I thought she was. All right, yeah. But it was, um, go ahead. Well, it was just a really flashy role for that actress, literally. And that's where it bothered me. Oh, yeah, very good, Kelly Wan. Literally flashy. Nice. I see what you did there. I didn't expect it. It's like you go, oh, it's going to be a road trip about Will Forte and mm-hmm. and Bruce Stern. Oh, and Bob Odenkirk's in it. And he, he like, every, I, everything was getting laughs for me. Like, and I did. No one was at the theater when I fucking saw this thing, so I didn't have the audience to read off of. And those those things do affect me too. So if I've been surrounded by really hostile, mortified um, people who are coming in expecting like uh, enough said, like a. Or even like the Barbara Streisand, Seth Rogen thing. Well, the the things that so, – so for me – Which worked for me. Like it was always throwing me off balance in a good way. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of good dialogue. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, for, for me, what the problem is is that it, it really was going for a lot of low-hanging fruit about, boy, old people sure are irascible slash yeah. funny. Uh, and I just don't – And if, if you wanted to – first of all, I don't think that that – is a good thing to make a movie about old people being irascible and and, and funny because I don't know that they are. It, it seems a little uh, patronizing to me when you make movies like that. Uh, I, I, you know, I, it's not just so, old people; it's old people in the Midwest, by the way. So it's even well, more and, of what you're talking. That exactly is, is even more of what I'm talking about. I do remember the Owen Gleiberman review for uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. He he derided the Cohen brothers for. Uh, uh, being demeaning towards their characters, and I think he was completely wrong. I think the Coen brothers have a fair amount of affection for their characters, yeah. uh, especially and, those. But but I do f- sort of feel like, and I don't know that it's intentional, but I sort of feel like this movie really was kind of demeaning to its characters. Like there wasn't that difficult line between disdain and affection. You know, it. I didn't get. Uh, he he balances that so well in something like Sideways and Election. And here, I just thought he was just making obvious jokes about the old men sitting silently watching the game, um, about the kind of retarded brothers, or not retarded, were those thug brothers, whatever they were, uh, and June Squibb, just all, just June Squibb, just doing her crazy Ma Kettle stuff, or whatever was going on there. Um, you know, oh, June Squibb's funny, talking about someone wanting to get in her bloomers. Like, I, that stuff didn't work for me at all. Uh... But you, so you're saying it just sounds like you wanted the schmaltz. Well, no. Here, here's Kelly Wand, where yeah. I think the movie is sort of uncomfortably pinned between. So the movies it made me think of are because I watched it recently, The Savages with Laura Linney and Philip Seymour Hoffman dealing with a senescent, and I hope I'm using that word right because I love it, uh, dealing with a senescent parent. Yeah. Uh, and their parent has been, in the past, there's a suggestion that he's been abusive or at best maybe just negligent towards them, and now they're in the uncomfortable position of having to care for, for him. And The Savages is a very dark, very frank, very sort of emotionally honest look at this situation. There are funny bits in it, but it's never making fun of its characters. Um, so, so for me, uh, that's like one side of what I think this movie was trying to do. But then the other side, and the movie doesn't really find a comfortable place between them. I, I kept being reminded of Nobody's Fool with Paul Newman uh-huh. in a small town. And, and the, the, 
the Nobody's Fool is based on, I think it's a Richard Russo novel. And, and Richard Russo is an incredibly funny writer, and he's got a lot of affection for his characters. And so Nobody's Fool is the same kind of character. He's sort of being marginalized. There's even this bit about where he's trying to steal back a snowblower. There's some back and forth there. And he's trying to connect. You know, his son tries to connect with him. Um, so Nobody's Fool playing it for the laughs versus the savages playing it for the sort of bleak, dark angle. Um, and it seemed like Nebraska was caught between those two extremes and didn't quite know which one to go towards. And as a result, didn't hit either one, because I love both of those movies. Um, well, it's just at a different point on the graph. And if you don't – I mean, it's definitely trying to be funny. Like everything you're complaining about I think is deliberate, and whether it works for you or not, I think Alexander Payne did know what he was doing. Like I think he was trying to make an acerbic movie about out-of-control Wow. Well, it's, there's nothing. I don't think it's acerbic at all. I think it's uh, goofy. I mean, I don't. I don't know that it ever goes into acerbic. Because uh, at his best, I do think. You know, you think of Election and Sideways. They both have bite. I mean, there's some serious sure. myth- misanthropy in both of those movies, and I didn't really see that here. But they also have Schmoll. Like they, like you. I did believe in these characters, though, and I didn't see it so much you as know, like patronizing them as just like commenting on how life is like all these things you just can't really do anything about like okay. you're just gonna, like that's what senescence is it's just an inevitable process and it's fucking annoying and i don't think it was having like and there's also parts where june squib like finally defends like by the end of the movie they actually are kind of like enjoying bruce stern's company even though he hasn't really softened to them uh, when she kisses him in the in the hospital room i was just like come on <laughs> just really? such a ridiculous <clears throat> moment it's just terrible they they're try it feels like they're just grasping for something i never got uh, like for one for instance uh, i don't i don't know what will forte why is he doing this i mean it is, why is he doing any of this uh, well, yeah, I, like, but kelly one your joke about the, the telephone comes to mind oh. yeah i think what dingus is saying is why is he catering to his father's kind of dementia like that is that what you're getting at dingus absolutely yeah. because because what is uh what is uh what does his brother say he was like he was he was a shit to us the whole time i don't know what the actual quote is but he never gave a shit about you or me i think is what he says and you get the sense that these two brothers uh, he, this this dad was an alcoholic dick asshole to them he never gave a shit about either one of us and for some reason uh we've got this comedian playing the mope who decides I'm going to drive him to? Like, I don't. I don't know. Because that's what you're this- supposed to do. He saw the Seth Rogen Barbra Streisand movie. <laughs> yeah, well, like, exactly. But right. I don't see. I, I don't want a tearful monologue from Will Forte or at the end of the movie. But I want a sense of why he's at this moment in time. Why it is. Why he feels other than his girlfriend who shows up to collect some plant leaves. Why, why he feels like the, why, why at this point in his life is he going to drive his father to Lincoln, Nebraska? I don't have any this. sense of that at all. And, and that's kind of why I thought of the savages is because the savages really does explore what is the motivation of these two children right. caring for their alien father, even if he's been a shit to them all, all of their lives. Because it's what you're supposed to do. And that's but, why. But, I, fair enough. But I, I think part of the error here then, even though I love Will Forte and MacGruber. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. That's a that's a bravura performance. Yes. Uh, I really didn't understand the <laughs> casting here, by the way. I don't either. I think it's just stunt. I mean, I, I, well, I, I and, and Bob Odenkirk are stunt casting. They're fine, but I don't get I don't get anything from them. 
and that 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 thing is like you know Bruce Stern. I I could see. You know, I can respect what he was doing. Will Forte was basically his job in this movie was just to not forget his lines, and he did fine doing that. Uh, he, but I didn't understand why are we having this guy as the lead in the movie? Uh, and I say that as a guy who really likes him. Uh, in Macrufer. I'm not sure I quite knew that. I didn't really feel like they were brothers per se, and I, I even had trouble relating him as the son of Bruce Stern. And like, would their son have turned out that way? Would he have been how felt the need to be that dutiful? Because everyone around him is doesn't feel that no one in the family does right. but maybe that's right. the point of the movie it's just like some families aren't that great well some, sometimes i mean you're stuck with them but you don't have i mean you you try to be close to them because you're supposed to and you see all these fucking movies that just sort of shoehorn that idea towards you and one of the but things like, that i did like early on is i thought we were going to get more about him like i loved the way that yeah. alexander payne shot the scene where he's trying to sell the speakers like I loved that yeah. that sequence. I loved seeing uh, what's her name, Missy Dota. I think is that her name. Yeah, Missy Doty. Uh, I loved seeing her show up because uh, again, it, re- it was like, oh, that's his girlfriend. That's great, you know, a real person, not some actress. Although she is an actress, but I just loved the idea that he didn't like cast some regular starlet to play opposite Will Forte. You know, Kristen Wiig, for instance. Right. Uh, I loved when she showed up at the door, and Dingus even. Ding- By the way, when she showed up at the door, Dingus had recently watched. Um, uh, sideways, where she's featured naked, by the way. Uh, when she showed up at the door, Dingus goes, Nice! <laughs> say nice. Yeah, you did. Judge. You totally did. <laughs> because she wasn't naked? Well, it's no, just because nice. I love that, that she got to make an appearance because I Uh-oh. really love I love her. And yeah, you hated the movie by that. Or no, maybe you didn't. That was early on. No, no, I was really wanting to like the movie. I just It, it just was a non-starter for me. It felt like Trying to start a car and and the battery just won't go. The the movie never started for me, and I don't understand. You know, I got to be honest. The moment I see Will Forte in the like the sliver of the door, (laughs) you just like, oh, he's doing a mopey comic. He's a comedy. He's a comedian, and he's going to put a serious face on. And that's all I got from him. And I didn't want that. I was hoping for so much more. Davis, I want to ask you though, uh, is that? Because I ask myself this, is that fair, though? Isn't it because we have so much history seeing Will Forte doing Saturday Night Live? We all adore the MacGruber movie on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> Dingus hates it. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Uh, isn't that just a factor of, like, if you had never seen Will Forte before, if you had no idea who he was, and if you weren't thinking back to, you know, a hundred lousy Saturday Night Live skits, would you feel that way? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that because I can't divorce myself from that baggage. Um, I, I have to say that for me, at that moment, uh, no, because I'm I'm rooting for him to do well. I I like the guy, and I want. I'm I'm excited about the movie, but but there's something sort of uh, metaphysical about it. I don't know how to describe it, but when you see him walking down the hallway, all I can think of is, oh, he's putting on a mopey face. Well, because he's funny, but he's not supposed to be funny in the movie. So I think maybe that's what you... Well, no, he's, it's just that I don't believe that, that, that that's a character, and I don't believe that that and and what I think is not his fault is that w- as you watch the movie, I don't think there's a character there. I don't know what that character is. It's 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 a kid who was apparently treated uh, by an asshole father, but he's not acting. There's there's nothing there. I don't think there's a character there. Think it's I can help you with this. Go ahead. The character there is. Will Forte doing a serious movie? <laughs> exactly. That is the character. So no, I don't. I, I don't think we're being unfair. I think that there there are plenty of uh, instances where we see uh, a comedian 
doing a great job, and I don't feel like, oh, I've seen him do a, a, a thousand loony things, and now I can't accept him in this. I, I just, the moment I saw him, I was just like, no. <laughs> the moment I saw him, and I don't, I don't have, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. But the moment I saw him through that door, I was like, nope. And it's part two, Dingus, where I think it's a tactical error to have Bruce Dern playing a character who's so completely divorced from everything that's going on. Because I, I did want a connection between them, because I sort of felt like, okay, we're watching Will Forte. He's doing, he's trying to do a serious role. There's not much there for him to deal with. But at some point, once a good actor like Bruce Dern connects with him. It can sort of elevate him. It can bring yeah. him into the movie. And I couldn't help but watch this and think of the way Michael Fassbender makes Gina Carano look like a decent actress Ooh. in Haywire. Like I, I love watching non like actors who <laughs> aren't generally up <laughs> to a part being brought up to that part by actors who are really good. And I was kind of thinking, okay, maybe at some point something like that is going to happen with Bruce Dern and Will Forte. Um, but they're not having that kind of relationship. What is, what is Bruce Stern's character anyway? Because he's he's huh? either this. What is Bruce Stern's character? What? what? What's that? Huh? I'm sorry. Sorry. That's, that's who he's that's that's belaboring that. So go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. It's like you're making fun of the. Uh, I know. I know. No, no. I don't. I don't know who he's supposed to be. Because is he an asshole to these two kids? Is he a jerk? Yes, is he remember. somebody who's an idiot who loans people money? Is he a dude who accidentally sold his garage? Is he a, a nice buffoon? What, what What has he been over the course of his life? Because I get no sense of an actual character. He just like he's like a cloud. Well, because he's surrounded by people who can only illuminate him. With their limited. I, I do think we're supposed to come away from the movie thinking that he is, in fact, a wronged, good-hearted guy right. who people just take advantage of, who is impressionable. Um, and now he's just a crank. He's just a... So why, why do we have the line, he was an asshole to us? I mean, is that just Bob Odenkirk? Carrying who also wasn't a good father. <laughs> I'll just throw that in there. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying, though, Dick. Uh, it is a little random. But it's why, again, it's why I think... I but you know what? Yes. Well, it's like right before I saw this movie, I, I watched TV with my mom, all right? And it was like The Mentalist and Richard Savisa. And those shows, the CBS network television shows, like they just, there's music playing, and you can tell what's going to happen from like... Like everything's so spelled out and so spot on. And it's just huh, like, Kind of like in uh, Nebraska. No, it's not. The it's music in Nebraska, please. Oh, my God. The music in this was so like, okay, here's going to be a heartwarming bit. No, but you didn't think when the graveyard scene starts, what's going to happen to that scene? She goes, okay, we're going to go to the graveyard and pay our respects. Okay, fair enough. The, the, the music did not let slip that June Squibb was going to do a comic tour de force at the graveyard. Good well, point, Kelly. Well, the go, oh, here comes her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> like stripper drums. I thought she was going to pee on the grave. That's what I was, thought was going to happen. And Mount Rushmore doesn't look finished. Like, he's senescent, and he's seeing the world better than we do, because we're blinded by all these movies that you guys uh, like with, you wanted the notebook. You wanted that level. Hey, what? No, he says that. <laughs> That's the notebook. That's what, that movie's like. What senility is when Hollywood does it? And you guys would have gone. Hmm, this is good. Hey, lady behind me, let's hold hands and watch this together. That's the kind of movie. What is he doing to us? I don't understand how we he <laughs> nope, turned the tables around on us and accused us of wanting to see the notebook. James Garner, loving. How did he do that? I don't know. <laughs> I would like some macadams in this. I'm happy with that. I'll take a little gobbling with my yeah. Nebraska. Damn, yeah. Uh, let's talk about some of the other actors. Um, Cheech, go. Oh, good lord, boy! That's how's that for your favorite come up in Kelly Wand? 
God, talk about this low-hanging fruit. Yeah, let's punch Stacy Keach before this movie is over. I, I, you know, there was a moment there where where, where Will Forte turns away from him, and I think, oh, good. Yeah. He's not gonna he's not gonna do that moment where he slugs the old man. Thank God, he's just gonna walk away. And nope. You could see them setting up the state, the blocking for that as well. Like as he was turning away and started to walk away, it's like, oh, good. And then when he stopped, I totally thought, oh. They're setting up the blocking so he can turn around and throw a punch. No, because he's seen it in movies, because they don't show the punch. <laughs> you don't see his hand connect, because they're denying it to you. Because that's how movie punches yeah. are. Yeah. Kelly Wand. No, no. <sighs> there is you know, one act right over your heads. I absolutely loved Angela McEwen in this. All right, Dingus, let's, let's go toe-to-toe on this, because I did not. Oh, I loved her. I loved okay, that. Explain who that. she is and why you liked her. Uh, she's the she's the newspaper editor, and I love that whole sequence because I felt like she was the one person who felt like a real person. Yeah. Um, I didn't like later on when she wanders out of the uh, squat and gobble or whatever that stupid store is she walks out of and watches him drive down the street. I didn't like that, but I liked that newspaper sequence. It was it felt like one moment where it was one actress just talking about something and i liked her i really and liked she her. was the nem- she was the rival of june squib like that was interesting to me because it's so far because that's what this movie's about it's like these people would have had that like these intense lives like would have said things like around the bases but they're obviously so far removed from those organisms yeah, that's, I, just, yeah, that's, I just liked her i liked her, her as a person an easy joke about Going around the bases again, but that's, uh, but she's living. But, she, that's her nostalgia talking. Uh, well, I want to talk about her performance though, real quick. So, because Dingus, that I was fascinated by her because this is like, as you guys have sort of mentioned before, sometimes if I get bored at a movie, I'll look at things like the news crawl or whatever. Here, there weren't really news crawls to look at, uh, but the different <laughs> the different actors that Alexander Payne brought in, and Alexander Payne, who gave us, I don't know about first gave us, but showed us who June Squibb was and who she, she could be in About Schmidt. Uh, so I liked some, the casting in some of this was, was kind of fascinating. Most of it I didn't care for. But she was, a, as a guy who used to act and who really likes watching actors, really likes watching them work, um, I was fascinated by her as an example of someone who has energy. She had presence. She's got this amazing face. You know, her eyes are kind of alive. She was She was captivating, but... I didn't feel like she was listening to the other actor, to Will Forte. <laughs> I didn't feel like she knew how to deliver a line, um, which is a terrible thing for someone who has that kind of energy and presence. But I really liked I, – I really was fascinated by her in that scene. I wanted to like her, but I just felt like she couldn't quite deliver a line the way people actually talk. Um, and that was driving me crazy. Um, <laughs> I, n- I never felt that way, but uh, I would lay that the- – feet of the director but i would i would i would sit in that i would sit in a movie in that little room like with her bringing out newspaper books and talking yeah. to somebody for i i just liked her so well let's much. let's talk about this place so it wasn't uh uh i guess i lost track in dakota was this one of the dakotas they were in most of the time no they were in nebraska <laughs> no they they drove to Nebraska. oh they just weren't at lincoln yet no, this is Hawthorne because because that was okay. called, the the newspaper is the Hawthorne Republican and they're in Hawthorne, Nebraska. Hawthorne, Nebraska. Okay, yeah. so because uh, uh, Dingus, you mentioned that that newspaper room, but certainly all of the bars and the kind of the blasted countryside and the uh, uh, the production design was pretty cool. Like I guess we don't see a lot of movies up there that aren't yeah. called Fargo or when and not in black and white because they're always trying to make it look kind of majestic and like oh look at the how flat and. Well, I don't think they were, and that's part of what I loved, is there was black and white or otherwise, I didn't feel like it was majestic. The fact that we went into all those little 
uh, bars. I loved some of that stuff. You yeah. know what this movie's like that I don't think you – it was like Stranger Than Paradise. It's it seemed it's very Jermouche, Kelly Wand. I'll definitely yeah, do that. Definitely. Um, Which is a movie I thought you liked. Well, that doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean I like every movie that's in black and white. No, you have to. No, no, but like road trips in black and white through miserable bleed. Kelly Wan, let me, let me blow your mind here. All right. I, you made fun of me for, I, I watched Guilt Trip with Seth Rogen and Barbara Streisand. I, I think it's a terrible movie. It's, it's terrible. I don't recommend it. But I liked Guilt Trip better than Nebraska. <sighs> what about Due Date? Oh, good lord, no. That's, that's no, not even. That yeah. sucks. Yeah, yeah, Kelly Wan, please. That's not, that's not germane. Just because two people get in a car doesn't mean it's a road trip movie that should be compared to Nebraska or Guilt Trip. Kelly Wand. And the dog. <laughs> Wait, what? There were, there, also, this movie did have a shortage of dogs. This movie should have had more dogs. I think. It had no kids in it, which I also liked. Or did it? Did I miss a kid somewhere? Yeah, you, the two brothers, those are kids. That's not, they're twelve, they were like twelve and eight. They're just kids at heart. Did you guys see in the credits there were uh, there were two uh, I, I'm assuming digital effects studios credited? Do you know any ideas for what was going on there? What? Uh, well, I know Bruce Stern had to say what a certain <laughs> way. I am thinking I could be wrong, but I'm thinking they weren't able to actually shoot at Mount Rushmore, and that that was ah, yeah. CG Mount Rushmore. He's right about Mount Rushmore. That's what see nothing's fun, and that's what this movie teaches us. <laughs> Thank you, Alexander Payne. One, All this two, guy. three, not only you and me, got one degrees, and I'm caught in between. Counting one, uh. two, three, getting down with three, Kelly how about our three by three this week? Is that fun? Is it fun? Isn't it fun? So, Kelly Wan, then what is this week's three by three? This week is a celebration of those unsung heroines who sit behind us and, like, recept. See, heroines, all right? I'm going to have to then strike one of my choices. I didn't know that. I meant the drugs, not the, the mains. <laughs> oh, what? That they're on. So now they're receptionists? Because when you said it before, they were secretaries. What's yeah. the difference? One receives and the other secrets. Yeah, see? It's like the difference between a stewardess and a flight attendant. Yeah, Kelly. They carry clipboards, they carry pencils, they answer the phones, they go, he's in a meeting right now, they like are the barriers to the boardroom. So for shorthand, you would call them secretaries? If I knew shorthand, but I don't. <laughs> All right, so Kelly Wand, your three favorite secretaries are what, what you want folks to, to deliver. Since I'm introducing next week three by three, I'll start us out. Uh I may be a little unclear on what a secretary is supposed to be. I realized this as I was thinking of choices. Um, it's like a type of desk, actually. Like a that, that's a racehorse. Uh, what I think, I think this person <laughs> is a secretary in the movie, but you don't know that when you first meet her, but it's only revealed in the course of the scene. I could be wrong. Uh, so when Anton Sugar goes to the trailer park, and he's talking to the woman to try to find Llewellyn Moss. She's a concierge. But the thing is, she's like, I'm not going to tell you that. And it looks like he's about to kill her with her with his cattle uh, killer thing. And then someone flushes a commode and comes out of a room behind this woman. Yeah. So you thought this woman was the manager, but in fact, she is the manager's secretary. And the manager was in the commode, and he came out, 
And so it turns out she was just a secretary. And Anton Shakur decides not to kill her. I, actually, I don't know if I mentioned this. The movie is No Country for Old Men, in case I didn't say that. Oh, I was wondering which Shakur movie you were going with. Right, right, because he's a recurring character in many movies. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the actress, I was like, oh, wasn't that Margot Martindale? Because there are several actresses who play these kinds of parts. Uh, and I looked it up, and it's not. It's an actress named uh, Kathy Lampkin. Um, you think she's the manager of the trailer park, but she's not. I'm convinced she's the secretary to the manager, and she does not get killed by Anton Shigar because there's a dude in the restroom. At least then. You think he might go back like he went to go back and kill Kelly McDonald? I don't know. He takes some things personally. That's like, true. Oh, you inconvenienced me. His, his motives are mysterious. Uh, but wait, she's your favorite secretary because she turned out to be a mystery secretary? I don't, think he, I don't secretary? think he takes anything personally. I think he's very much like Black Widow. He's just getting his ledger. In no, the he told Josh Brolin, he saw, look, you've put me out too much. I can't let you walk now. But I yeah. won't kill your wife if you stop fucking around. Okay. But that's a personal thing. Like, he didn't... I think it's all ledgers for him. But go ahead. Uh, leave the Joker out of this. <laughs> now, you were well, actually being Avengers to Kelly Wand, and you yeah, didn't even realize it. You just got Avengers. Yep. Yeah. Booyah. That's the DC one, right? Kelly Wan, you're not going to out me. Nice try. Kelly Wan, what is your number three favorite secretary? Wait, uh, wait I go last, I thought. Yeah. Sorry, by Kelly Wan, I meant Dingus. Dingus, what is your number three favorite secretary in a movie? Maybe give us a line from said movie. Uh, you're very handy, I can tell. I bet you like to read a lot, too. Yeah, but maybe you give us a line from the movie. <laughs> is that Annie Potts from Ghostbusters? Of course, yes. Yeah, she's the best secretary. I love That's her. a good one. Not according to Dingus. There are two more that are better than her. Yeah, I, I love her. Uh, I love her attitude. Uh, I also yes. love the fact that she lets a man be under her desk, uh, mm. as they say. Um, and I like the way she conducts an interview. So, there you go. What's Annie Potts been doing lately? Uh, she was in Nebraska. Uh, she played... Summer. One of the people under one of those tombstones. Is she really dead? No. No. Oh, okay. That's what was so hard about the role. She said <laughs> she's like Ryan Reynolds, kind of. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kelly Wan, National Treasure. Uh, Kelly Wan, what is your number three favorite secretary in a movie? I like that old lady in Brazil who's like, like she's typing the interrogation screams and with the ellipses and she has those things on her fingers i think are those real things those now, fingers are fingers secretary things? or a stenographer look the court reporter's a secretary she's the concierge actually the court reporter's not a reporter even so that therefore the old lady in brazil is a secretary okay fair enough that's mm-hmm. my logic all right we'll it at your peril I'll have my lady call you and tell you to buy it at my peril. Kelly Wan, have you heard of a movie called How to Make a Monster about like these video game designers? They make a video game, and the monster comes alive from inside the video game and attacks them. Do you know about this movie? <laughs> That's the title of it? Yeah, and it's called How to Make a Monster. Uh, I didn't know that was a phrase that they, the people say. It is now. How to make a monster. It's a real, it's from, I don't know, maybe 10 Monst- years ago. Like making a monster is something that hasn't existed since Mary Shelley. It's from Macbeth. Make- well, I don't know. This is a movie. I was looking up movies this guy has done since my number two choice, and he hasn't been doing much, but this is one of the things that he has done. <laughs> is how to make a monster. Uh, his name is George Huang. 
and he's a fellow who had worked with Robert Rodriguez back in the day. Uh, and his first movie features my second favorite secretary. His first movie was Swimming with Sharks. Uh, I like that movie. Yeah, and so my, my pick is Frank Whaley from Swimming with Sharks. Ah, uh, that's a good one. Uh, but technically an assistant. Well, that's what I'm wondering about. Is, is, is a secretary just something who these days is called a personal assistant? I think so. The advantage. I don't, but I'm fine with that because I, I didn't choose assistants, but I like that. That's well, fine. but they're an abused, um, assistant. So that's what a secretary kind of is. The abuse yeah. is factored into the job title. Check out the big brain on Tom. Right, that was a reference, yeah. Uh, but I, w- I was appalled to find that George Huang hasn't, since then, he's not really been able to do anything except this movie, How to Make a Monster. Oh. Wait, that's his follow-up to Swimming with Sharks? He did a few other things, but uh, that's, when I was looking at the list of stuff that he has done, it's that caliber of stuff. Is Spacey and the video game one? Uh, who was the famous person? There was one celebrity in it, uh, and I seem to recall thinking that the name celebrity should be used... Uh, in quotes. Sorry to Google how. Benicio del Toro is in Swimming with Sharks too. Remember? Right, that's right. He's the one who he, he was. Oh, oh, no, this is, yeah. Oh, so the he, collector. Yeah, the collector's the secretary. Um, the collector is the secretary. And that was before or, in Swimming with Sharks. That was, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that even before Usual Suspects? Before yeah, anybody knew who Benicio del Toro. First Benicio del Toro movie. And he's pretty striking in that. So uh, George Huang's How to Make a Monster stars, and this really makes me want to see it. Uh, Clea Duvall. Hey, all right, you got my money. Let's do <laughs> yeah. this. So, Which Clea is that? Clea Duvall is. What have we seen her in? Dingus. Uh, uh, Argo. She, Hello. Yeah, Argo. But what is she? The adorable little sister. Oh, oh. Things. Yeah, you saw Twenty One Grams. Yeah. She's the awesome little sister in Twenty One Grams. Who's she in Argo? She is the hot one, the hot house guest in Argo, who isn't uh, Christopher Denham or Scoot McNary. Oh, but she has the dumb husband. She's not the one you kept calling Julianne Moore in your... Ah, oh, her. Mm-hmm. She's Clea Duvall. Duvall. Tatum with red hair. Uh, Kelly Wan, Clea Duvall, I believe, was also in Ghosts of Mars. The, uh, oh, John, John she's also in The Faculty. I know you like that. Movie. Oh, see, Kelly Wan? See? Wait, it's two. That's uh, one of those people in it. <laughs> <laughs> the principal? No. Does Famke Anson's character come back to life in that movie? After her head comes off? Well, we'll find out in the sequel. <laughs> All right, so uh, Dingus, give us a line from your number two favorite secretary in a movie, preferably spoken by the secretary. It's not spoken by the secretary, but uh, about her. Right. And here's the line. Where's my honey? Precious. Honey! Where's my honey? got to be some Coen Winnie Brothers. The Pooh. It's clearly Coen Brothers. It's got to be uh, Raising Lady Arizona. Killers. It's Raising Arizona. Where am I, honey? I think it's doing Raising Arizona. Uh, uh, Ryder? Dr. It's, uh, it's Barton Fink, and it's um, Judy Davis. She's no secretary. She's the guy who wrote Faulkner's novels. Dingus. Yes, she's W.P. Mayhew's secretary, Audrey Taylor, played by Judy Davis. I love that character so much. Miss Judy Davis. Why? What happened to her? I don't know. I haven't seen her in a while. Well, I don't know. Check that box. <laughs> Where my honey? <laughs> was in the box. Yeah, she was sort of the, the first bo- uh, head in a box. Did that, that predate seven? Yeah, it did. It yeah. did. Yeah, it's 1991. So. Judy Davis invented Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and isn't that John Mahoney? 
Yeah. Oh, good lord. As Faulkner? Yeah. Yep. Hmm. All right. Did he? Re- would, did Faulkner throw up a lot at the studio? Probably after drinking a lot, I would imagine. Mm, it's pretty good. See, that's the thing, though. They used to hire fucking Faulkner to write shit like. Now we get Diablo Cody. What do you think of that, Kelly Wand? <sighs> big evolves. We have the big sleep on one hand, <laughs> and uh, Jennifer's Body, Tom's favorite movie. My favorite. With but- Amanda Peet. Oh, wait, no, Amanda Seyfried, who recently played Linda Lovelace in a biopic. What do you think of that, Kelly Wand? Boom. Uh, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Wand, what is your number two favorite secretary? Oh, uh, this one's a good one. Yeah? Okay. It's Mel Brooks's redhead with big knobs and blazing saddles. Because she, she had kind of a Nebraska thing where she felt like an authentic period piece whistleblower. Like, she knows life stuff on the prairie, but she's not going to take any guff from her boss. Just because coyotes chewed through the fence. Zingus, do you know what he's talking about? I have no idea because I don't like that movie at all. <laughs> you hear that, listeners? No blazing saddles for Dingus. <laughs> I hate that movie so much. God, I hate it. Wow, wait a minute. Why do you hate it, Dingus? I hate blazing saddles. Uh, the funniest thing about it when I was growing up is that it's a huge, there's, hey, there's a funny huge fart scene and rape jokes. Yay! Let's watch He likes rape. Saddles. Yeah. You said rape. That's the guy. You know what though? Oh, like right. Rape. Yeah. Come on. Jesus. No, but see, then he gets he gets fucked because he's chewing gum. So it's like, oh, the rapist is the dumbest one. So in a way, it's against rape. Basic styles. <laughs> okay. Good. In a, in a way, it's against, and it's against rape. racism. So I have a better dingus. Might have that. That my problem with blazing saddles is I just don't think Mel Brooks is funny. No. That said. Her. That said, though. Uh, isn't like Blazing Saddles is kind of a, a milestone for the kind of humor it was about. I mean, I don't remember any rape. You jokes, like Slim Pickens in that movie? Well, Ooh, from a ra- from a racial standpoint, it's it it is a milestone. Right? Well, and it's also more of a, isn't it? Like it's not pure Mel Brooks. There's a lot of Richard Pryor in there, isn't there? Yes. Yeah. With Cleavon Little as Richard Pryor. And Gene Wilder, come on! What are you talking about? You don't like Blazing Saddles? I just doesn't like Gene Wilder. He doesn't think Gene Wilder's what? Yeah. Wait, you didn't like Young Frankenstein either? Dingus. He wrote that. I'm I, I, love, I love I love Young Frankenstein. Put six handle back. I'll put it all day long. But uh, Blazing Saddles, I, I don't know. This is bad in my childhood. I don't think uh, a movie sort of that everybody says uh, when I was growing up. It was like, hey, that's that. That funny, that, that really hilarious thing where they're all farting. I just doesn't. I didn't care for that. Tell I, that. I said, "Ow, <laughs> got it." Come on. Tell you what, I could tell you were doing Slim Pickens, right? Is that what that was just was? No. Oh, but right. Slim Pickens is awesome in that movie. <laughs> I thought you were doing a Slim Pickens impression, what? and the I was going to commend you. What's going on here? Someone needs to go back and get a shitload of dimes. <laughs> Come on. You don't like that uh, movie? You guys are weird. No, I prefer Slim Pickens and Doctor Strangelove. It's oh, I just haven't yeah. seen it in a while, but I just don't think Mel Brooks works for me. And even Young Frankenstein, I don't that stuff, whatever. I love the musical number, of course, but beyond that, I just don't think I like it. And I feel that people like too much, I think, is Spaceballs. Like, that's the one. I, I've never watched that. And I won't. <sighs> get it? Because Rick Moranis is short and his helmet is big. Do you get it, Kelly <laughs> Get it? He's got. He's the funniest in that movie. No one else is funny in it. Kelly Wand, how about this? I posit to you that Spaceballs is not one-tenth as funny as, um, uh, I can't think of the movie, uh, Strange Brew. Oh, yeah. That's okay. an easy one. All right. Wait, you thought I would 
take issue with that statement? I wasn't sure. Dwayne Johnson's a worse actor than Mel Brooks. You did uh, well, good because Mel Brooks isn't even an actor. So wait, that yes, makes no is. sense. Yes, he is. Who's he acted in? He, he's uh, in Blazing Saddles. Oh, no, that's not Blazing acting. Saddles. That's not acting. That's hey, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna fuck around and play in my own he movie. The Fly. <laughs> the same year as Spaceballs. That's <laughs> yeah, what so, kind of mind. You know what else he produced? <laughs> Kelly Wand. He what? produced Max Brooks. What do you think of that? Ugh. Yeah. See. Well, you gotta go. That way. My wait. number one favorite second is Max Brooks. Uh, the guy who who foisted upon us World War Z. No, the, the book. Wait, I was I just had one last point to make about yes. redhead with the big knobs. She was the woman. Like I, you know, I was six when that movie came out. It was like the first time I'd seen women like come into their own in the 1870s in movies because it was right before they got the vote, which was a fucking mistake. Because two world wars, Desert Storm, Watergate. So it was a uh, inspiring secretary. Sometimes like, we can just give you enough rope, Kelly Wan, and you just run with it. <laughs> like the guy blazing saddles. <laughs> Women's suffrage is a hell of a thing. <laughs> My number one favorite secretary of all time uh, is Emily just- Blunt in The Devil Wears Prada. So Anne Hathaway comes along and replaces her. but And I think this also is like Benicio Del Toro in Swimming with Sharks. I don't think we knew who Emily Blunt was at that point, no. did we? And no. so she's the really tough, competent one who sort of Benicio gets passed over by Anne Hathaway. Um, but she's – she's. Uh, I don't think you can see Devil Wears Prada and not think, man, who was that actress? Did they become friends by the end? Because I don't think I've ever seen the end of that movie. I just see chunks of it occasionally. Don't remember. Next weekend's friends with the gay dude, Stanley Tucci. Yeah, yeah. But Probably, no. yeah, yeah. Does Emily Blunt? Does she become? Wait, who's her boss? Who's mean to her all the time? Uh, Meryl Streep. Is, oh, Meryl Streep, right? Do they become friends? Uh, Meryl Streep becomes uh, allows herself to be vulnerable in front of Anne Hathaway. That's that's, that's as close as you're going to get, Kelly Wand. See, when women do that to each other, they become friends more. But if the guys do it, they're like, ugh. I can get that from Meryl Streep at work. I don't need you for that. Isn't Mark or no Ron Livingston the boyfriend? Kelly, one, do you feel that Meryl Streep should be allowed to vote? <laughs> no, she's not even American. <laughs> Dingus, what is your number one favorite secretary from a movie? Uh, here's my quote from it. She's not my secretary. She's what they call an executive liaison, and I'm not banging her if that's what you are implying. Uh. I know the line, but Dingus' acting always throws me off. <laughs> That's right, if you want to call it that. Uh, wait, Tom, do you know it? Uh, is it Dr. Strangelove? Uh, Kelly, did did you say your name is Wurtz? Ah, shit. You see, she's got her doctorate in speech impedimentology from Case Western. Hmm. <laughs> It's not good at this game. All right, this is from, this is uh, Mary Kay Place in being John. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I love her. I love I love this secretary in, in being John Malkovich, and she just hears everything wrong, and she makes the uh, the boss of uh, John Malkovich's you know John Malkovich's boss feel like he's got a uh, speech impediment. I love her. I absolutely love her. Do you, you even know what I'm from, talking about? Uh, from uh, Grand Canyon. Yes, from Grand Canyon. That's what I meant. <laughs> no, the actress. I was just identifying for the listeners. 
ah, case maybe well. they didn't know that particular movie. Doesn't he tell Cusack, like, if you make a move on her, I'll box your ears or something? <laughs> I just love story. that scene uh, after when John Malkovich has first met her. Uh, and she's doing this whole, you know, his, you know, his name is Schwartz. She's like, your name is Wartz? And I, I like the, the power she has over that office and what that, I, I just, I mean, and I was certain somebody else would pick this because there's a Spike Jones movie trailer floating out there. And I thought that somebody else would, would land on this, but I just love that so much. Wait, or, which one are you talking about? Oh, uh, the one from, Adaptation, you mean? Sorry about the kind of reception. Is that who you're talking about? Is that the other? No, no. There's a Spike. There's a Spike Jones movie coming out. Oh, that thing. He do, he wrote that, not Charlie Kaufman. FYI, her. That's, that's I'm talking about thing. her. Oh, well, that's what I'm. I'm talking about that too. All right. Wait. Right. Now that we cleared that up. <laughs> Are you saying the OS is like a secretary? Yes. That's what I'm saying. Sorry. No worries. Thanks. Anyway, being being John Malkovich, uh, her name is Floris, and uh, and she's played by Mary Kay Place. All right, Kelly Wan, what do you have to top that? What is your favorite secretary of all time in movie history? Uh, Miss Money Penny. Oh, Miss Money Penny. Didn't see that coming. Well, she's just a good secretary. Do you have a movie? Would you like to choose a movie or? Do I yeah, have haven't there been multiple Money Pennies? Well, the new hot black money penny is. Oh, Naomi Harris is the latest. Naomi Harris is fine, but you can't just. Wait, I can't what? Nothing. I don't know if she's a secretary, though. She's a sniper. And money. Wait, money penny was a sniper. But we don't know that Lois Maxwell was a secretary, too. It's. it's, I grant you, Kelly Wand, it is a hazy ground. You can't be sure. That's gray right. area. I walk, I walk in gray haze. Kelly, what uh, did anyone write in with their favorite secretaries? Any did list? they? So wait, what movie are you choosing? Oh, uh, Doctor Russia with love. Never mind. No. <laughs> well, do they ever have a date, or does she just she watches his hat land on the hook? That's Doctor No, right? <sighs> yeah, Doctor No. I couldn't help you. All right, all right, Doctor No. Thank you. Wait, Tom hasn't seen any of them. No, I just couldn't help you. I, I don't. I the James Bond movies all run together for me for the most part. I have a friend. I consider this a skill. This should be on your resume. I have a friend who you could say a James Bond movie to him, and he can tell you what the bad guy's plot is to destroy or really. Or I couldn't even understand that when I would watch, when I try to focus on it. No, I can come out of a James Bond movie having just seen it, and I wouldn't know. I yeah, I don't either. I'm not convinced they do have plans. I think he just goes. Well, around. No, a lot of the times they're a reveal, like, and there's yeah. a scene where, but I can't keep any of. Remember straight. the one. That, yeah, but even when you but, think about it, but it Skyfall is meaningful to you. We've done that on this podcast. Right, but that doesn't I mean, count. That's a well, that's what I thought Kelly Wan was going to choose either that or which oh. is Money Penny. Is he going to choose Skyfall or Doctor Who or whatever? I think he's just picking a general character from all the movies. All right, that's that's my guess. But just you know what, Dingus, just put down Skyfall. Put Skyfall. Okay, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Wait, I thought I I'm putting it down. Nope. <laughs> Kelly Wan, we are your secretaries for this week's three by three. <laughs> you're the tre- you're the treasurer for this. You're the treasurer for this podcast. Kelly, want to leave the minutes to us. Wait, no. so I've been promoted. <laughs> yep. All right. So, what listener uh, secretaries have been submitted? It's bazillions of them. 
Just kidding, it's seven. Just kidding, it's the cancer. Remember when uh, June Quibb said that? <laughs> she looked in a mirror. No, just kidding. It's, it's cancer. cancer. It's cancer. It's it's cancer much. It was so funny. Here's my vagina. <laughs> she said it funny. Oh, you guys just don't understand old people. It was great. It's great if you're watching Seinfeld. <sighs> what a tough room. Paul Weimer writes for Best Secretaries. I'm disappointed. I agree with Paul. Tom takes off Maggie Gyllenhaal, but I suppose everyone would pick her. I think if the name of the movie is the 3 by 3 we should assume it's off. And it's off the table? Yeah. Wait, so Three Best Aliens. Right. Three Best Exorcists. Yep, exactly. Three, <laughs> three Best, best Skyfalls. Yeah. Three Best Teachers. Three Best Star Wars. Yep. Three Best Studies. <laughs> Three best teachers is good. Three best no countries that aren't hospitable to old men. <laughs> hospitable. Three best wars. The stars. Um, but getting back to Paul Weimer, if I can bring the house down for a moment. <laughs> Number three, Ryan Reynolds in the proposal. That's not the one where he switches bodies, correct? <laughs> that we know of. All right. <laughs> no. Oh. Paul Weimer continues, here not only for gender balance, but because the fish-out-of-water story he and his boss, played by Sandra Bullock, inhabit is amusing. My response to those words, I still don't know what the premise of that movie is. It, she's super uh, mean, and she makes him go on a family trip with her to make everybody think she's not a lesbian, I guess. In the proposal? Yeah. She's mean, so she makes her boss go on a trip with her. No, no, she's the boss. Oh. And she makes him come along on a trip so yeah, that yeah, her but, family thinks she has a heart or something. Oh, I brought my secretary along. No, that's that's, she, says. He, she makes him pretend to be her fiancé. Does it work? Or do they fall in love? <laughs> I've never seen it. I don't know. You know a lot about it for someone who... Uh, Yep, because I'm a big gravity fan. Remember when Tom talked? <laughs> no. Anyway. I, I was just thinking of how good the heat was, how good she was in the heat <laughs> while you guys were talking about the proposal. Whatever. And Reynolds. <laughs> so yeah. that's what's going to happen now. Oh. Number two for Paul Weimer, Pepper Potts and Iron Man, a secretary to a billionaire playboy genius, requires a unique skill set. She has it. What she's got is some awesome short shorts. And some knockers. What knockers? Phil? Phil? That is a good pick. Dang, I wish I'd chosen that Yeah, one. you know what? They're all good picks. I haven't heard any bad picks yet. Oh, wait a minute. Let's hear his number one. It's Annie Potts. So that's a terrible pick. Yeah. It takes a special breed to wrangle the Ghostbusters and keep them on task. <laughs> hey, Paul Weaver could write IMDb synopses. <laughs> it takes a special breed to wrangle the Ghostbusters and keep them on task. I like it. That's what te- secretaries do, Tom. Did you know that? That's why I picked my three. The phones is just a thing on a piece of paper, like Bruce Stern's uh, fiscal earnings. What? Rolf Cromhout. Hey, guys, I've been listening to your show for a couple months now, and I've been meaning to write in for a while. It's hard to come up with original ideas. I've managed to think of two for this week. Perhaps I can make up for the third in some way. My number three would have been secretary with James Spader, but that's off the table. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Did he really write that, Kelly Wan, or did you yeah. make that up? Nope. He wrote it. Sorry, and he, should, he continued it. He didn't replace it either. He's like, that's my number three pick. Fair enough. Good. Tom ruined it. 
Number two, quote, wow, it's hot as fresh milk. You girls should get your boss to air condition you up. He can afford it today. Oh, I don't remember that line. Do you? Because it's a movie you guys should know. Nine to five? Uh, see which one there. Which one? Oh, Dabney okay. Coleman. I guess Dora Lee's the secretary in that. But anyway, uh, Rolf's is Tom Cassidy says this moments before Janet Lee decides to obfuscate. That's not the right word. The $40,000. Yeah, nobody obfuscates that. She's absconding with it. She's absconding with it. Absconding. Absconding. Sounds. She's absconded. <laughs> Sounds. <laughs> uh, Cassie leaves the real estate agency where Lee works as a secretary. I'm going to pick this movie because it's the only one I could think of where the secretary is also the protagonist for half of the thing anyway. The movie is, of course, Psycho. Uh, don't wear that outfit again is the quote. Don't wear that outfit again. Christian Bale's being extremely rude here. If ever there was a girl undeserving of such remarks, it's Chloe Savini in American Psycho. I particularly like her here because of the scene in Bale's apartment. After Bale is done perusing his instruments, besides he's not going to kill her, Savini seems to almost regret having to leave. I'm half convinced she knows he's going to kill her, but is determined to undergo the whole thing because she just plain doesn't want to disappoint him, even if it results in her murder. Such a sweet girl. That's what I thought, too, during that scene. Tom doesn't like that movie. I can tell from this. American Psycho? No, yeah. I do. I'm yeah, just, I, I do too. I'm this. just sad she's never been able to follow up on that. What's her name? Oh, Savini? No, no. Uh, not, oh, the director? Mary Heron? Is that her name? Uh, I thought she made How to Make a Monster. That's George <laughs> Wayne. Oh. I love that Psycho pick, by the way. Nice yeah, that's role. a good pick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and no, I do like American Psycho. What's the matter with you? Who doesn't like American Psycho? That business card scene is classic. Who cannot love that scene from American Psycho with uh, Jared Leto, I believe? No, wait. He's not in that scene, but... Rats. Uh, uh, it's Josh Lucas. Josh Lucas. I'm changing yeah. my answer. Uh, isn't Josh Lucas in the business card scene? I think so. Yeah. yeah. He's my least favorite Lucas. <laughs> Rolf Wright a very thoughtful thing about the Warriors, but since it's about siblings, I won't read it. It's about movie siblings. So I just wanted the listeners to know that he wrote it. <laughs> You're welcome. Mark Doyle. Hey, Tom Kelly Christian. Love the podcast. I had to chime in with Lily Tomlin from 9 to 5 as the best secretary in the oh, film. I, sorry. I, I, I spoiled oh, that one. She poisons him. So that, in a way, she's kind of the worst secretary. From a boss's that. perspective. A boss's from the perspective, perspective. of others. Hey. From the sec- for the secretary's union, I'm sure she was very popular. Yeah. Jane Fonda's the rookie, right? Guys, I have not seen Nine to Five probably since it was in theaters, so I couldn't tell. Yeah, you. I, I haven't either. I remember that though. Zero. I don't. Zero. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Lily Tomlin's dastardly deeds perpetrated against Boss Fart or Frank Hart are priceless. The full body traction harness with the ball gag operated by the garage door opener. Great stuff. Dolly Parton and Jane Fonda are also excellent, but they don't bring the same level of deviousness. Maybe I should see nine. That makes me want to see him in nine to five. <laughs> uh, I remember liking it. Wasn't it all right? It's that guy who made Silver Streak. All his oh, good lord! Done. Well, now I don't want to see it. Thanks. Done and done. <sighs> I saw it with my mom in the theater when I was a kid, and she had been a secretary for fifteen years. Her knowing laughs were bellowing and filled the theater. Which his mom laughed at the ball, <laughs> rubber ball. <laughs> That's how it is, Sonny. <laughs> I guess we were all thinking it. 
Michael Ashley, this was tougher than it looks, Kelly. Number three, any pots and Ghostbusters, even if it's just for the We Got One line. I guess Annie Potts is winning this category. Yeah, definitely. Joan Cusack in Gross Point Blank. She's so oh. broad, I feel like I should hate her in this, but I don't. I don't remember her in that. I haven't seen oh, that. I do. Oh. She's the, she's his... Uh, Handler. Yeah, but not like in the eye of the beholder way. I mean, she works in his office, and he like pays her... Uh, yeah, they, she's definitely his secretary, and he pays her off before he goes on his big thing to Gross Point yeah, so it works. Yeah. Uh, number one, sexy, sexy Naomi Harris is the newest money penny. See, Kelly Warren, you got scooped. Well, I mean, it's just I didn't see her as a secretary, as a sniper. I don't know. But you picked her. No, I picked the other one for watching them throw the hat on the hook. So, okay. Moving on. <laughs> Dave Perkins, number three, the prawns in District 9. Wait, they're secretaries? What does that mean? He said he, Dave Perkins thought it was subtitles. Well, okay, so Dave Perkins, three best <laughs> subtitles. Number three, the prawns in District 9. Number two, the bar <laughs> conversation in Glorious Bastards. So the scene could be in German, which was how the German officer could detect the English spy. And number one, the jive-talking airplane. Signed, Dave and Michelle. A woman was even involved in this. Tell me what, are you going back into the email like three or four years or something? <laughs> what is happening right telling now? you. It's from tonight. It's six hours ago. Dave Perkins, that. I love, I I love Dave Perkins was listening to an earlier podcast. I don't know what's happening right now. Did we even do subtitles? We did, yeah. Yes, of course. Uh, all right. It would have been even funnier if he just made it up. I thought he misheard the word. And Tom say, okay, no more Maggie Gyllenhaal. Taking the subtitle off the table. <laughs> Oh, wait, he has a follow-up email. <laughs> Sense of place. Sorry, Dave, I didn't see you wrote again. Uh, when we submitted our number three pick, District 9, we thought there was a scene where the father and child... <laughs> wait, this is his follow-up email. Dave forgets. When we submitted our number three pick, we thought there was a scene where the father and child prawn's language was translated in subtitles. But I can't find any evidence of this now that I'm home on a computer. Sorry. So, <laughs> what, is, there a, is there a third email where he then explains why he sent us subtitles? Dave. Yeah. He fixed this one, the first one, but so it's fixed, he says in parentheses. Subtitles fixed. On the <sighs> That's 45 minutes later. He had time to check things and no. Prawns in District 9, not subtitles. So, uh, that's secretaries, that's the last one. Dave Perkins wins the pot. <laughs> Good work, Perkins. Uh, runners up from you guys for secretaries. Um, didn't George C. Scott in Doctor Strangelove have some like super hot bombshell yes, secretary? He, he definitely did. That's, uh, yeah, that's yeah. how the movie begins. Yeah, General Turgidson, Buck Turgidson, isn't that his name? Yeah. Isn't Wendy Torrance Jack's secretary? No, he's not. She's not even allowed in his room where he's typing. Well, that's how sec- secretaries aren't allowed in the boss's office. Oh, they're not. Oh, I didn't know that. I've never worked as a secretary at a hotel. Hmm. Interesting. Are many secretaries married to their bosses, Kelly Wand? No, but a caretaker is also a secretary. I had an agent, uh, when I had an agent, who uh, his wife was his secretary. Oh, I want to get a secretary. <laughs> get married, and then <laughs> hire your wife. Uh, so I I don't really mm-hmm. care for the movie very much, but the, that Melanie Griffith and Working Girl is a pretty hot secretary. 
Mm. Wait, that's a good movie, isn't it? Because they I'm, tell. I don't know. I just I didn't care about it because uh, Dwayne Johnson is. Isn't Sabrina Secretary another Harrison Ford movie? Oh, with Terry. Uh, oh, Dad Comet. Uh, what's uh, her name? Not Annette Benning. Uh, Julia Bedosh. Julia Belcouvert. Julie Ormond. Ormond, yes. Uh, the dentist uh, with Tim Roth in prison chick. Yeah. She's on Witches of East End, too, my new favorite show. Witches of East End. Julia Ormond. Yes, go on. I like the way uh, it's... Like. Jenna Dewan Tatum. Oh, good luck. I've lost all interest. Oh, how can I'm you not like look her? Just... Look at her. You're not looking at her correctly, I think. That's good. If, the, if that's all there is to I could look at pictures of her. I don't want to see Jenna Dewani Tatum in a movie. She moves around. It's like pictures I've of... seen her move around in a movie, and she has yeah. no presence. She's a terrible actress. I'm no, going to watch her. She's a witch. She's a, ty- she's a witch in every movie. Se- oh, that's why you said that. No, I've seen her where she's like possessed by a witch demon, and she uh, kills people or something. Is that the one with Sawyer? Boy, no, I don't think she's in. Is she in that one? I don't know if she's in the <laughs> one where, where Sawyer kidnaps a possessed child. Megan Fox wishes she looked like Jenna Dewan. Oh, my God. You've got to be kidding. No. And Megan Fox. Okay, we're going to. Susan Ward wishes she looked like Jenna We're transitioning this uh, Harrison Ford is not a good an actor as Dwayne Johnson conversation. Jenna Dewan. Megan at- Fox pones Jenna Dewan Tatum Channing. What at acting name? or? At everything, Kelly Wand. Or lip shape. Everything. How many what? Transformers movies was Jenna Dewan Tatum in? That other one wasn't that good either. The other Transformers chick. She's not Jenna Dewan Tatum. I will grant you, I only saw the one Jenna Dewan Tatum horror movie. I, uh, wait, wasn't she in one of the Step Ups? Isn't that what Yeah, but you have weird taste in... He's in those? Jenna Tatum? Yeah. Kelly Wan, you need to, you need to educate yourself about the Step Up movies. Is he in Pitch Perfect, too? I'm not even going to entertain that with an answer. I'm furious with you. Uh, come on, I have, Sharni I have Vincent. One more, uh, I have one oh, more. Dingus, we're talking about Sharni Vincent and Step yeah, Up. Yeah, Dingus, please. Yeah. All, people, all your people. Go ahead, uh, Sharni Vincent. Sharni Vincent, best secretary, best money penny, best <laughs> Jenna Dewan. All right, yeah, before we talk about Jenna Dewan Tatum. So, uh, Dingus, <laughs> what's one more runner-up you have for a best secretary? It doesn't matter. Say those. <laughs> it's a... It's a What's her name? Rebecca Pigeon from uh, Spanish Prisoner. Ah, that's a good one. She's a secretary. I think so. Yeah. Well, she's Mammoth secretary. Yeah, she's one of the. She's the secretary. She's part of the con, but yeah, I, I love that movie. And uh, I, yeah, that's like people who bring up uh, as the best werewolf, uh, uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf, because <laughs> there's no werewolves in it. The whole movie, it's a, it's a con. So they're not. Uh, isn't Vader Grandma Tarkin's secretary? Uh, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I think it's the other way around, Kelly Wong. <laughs> was the lightsaber? Grandma Tarkin can tell Vader what to do. Vader is the bo- like he's the Vader, boss. Stop strangling my admirals! Right, boss. He's- and he, Grandma Tarkin dies, so then Vader goes on a strangling spree. <laughs> Vader, take this down. Vader. <laughs> that is true, though. Is that the grand a Grand Moff is over a Darth? In terms of, yeah, right. they're all sit, sitting at the desk. Yeah, Grand Moff's way over a Darth. Yeah, Grand Moff totally tump, trumps a Darth. And Mon is over a general, and the general. Well, that's that's the rebel. That's the rebel uh, ranking, though. They have a whole different structure. They had a different general every Star Wars movie. Did that mean that they were ha- they had a shitload of generals, or just the generals kept dying? My favorite general is General Grievous. <laughs> he was a general when he was Colonel Grievous. He was very thwarted. Sergeant Grievous too, like that. Just nobody wants. Yeah, to Corporal Grievous right. was a late bloomer. <laughs> <laughs> the 
this is the worst podcast. <laughs> I'm not of us, but all on- right, let's do this three by three next week. Uh, yeah. So we saw a movie that was in black and white, and it started with uh, a, a charmingly retro Paramount logo. And then from that point on, I was never quite sure why Nebraska was in black and white. Uh, exactly. And I wasn't. I didn't feel like there was. Uh, I loved the Paramount logo, but I didn't feel like there was much of a stylistic choice, and it looked fine during a lot of the time, but uh, for the most part, I didn't think it needed to be in black and white. Or that it earned it, for that matter. Yeah, or justified Oh, my goodness. So what I want from you guys, uh, black and white, of course, old movies, they used to be in black and white. I'm not sure if many people know that. (laughs) What? I know. I don't watch a lot of old movies, so, you know. Uh, What I want from you guys, uh, nowadays... Even though we have color, sometimes people make movies in black and white. What's your proof of this? Well, uh, Raging Bull, 1980, is a cutoff. That's true. Point. That was pretty recent. Everything before 1980, I'm pretty sure if it was in black and white, it's just because they couldn't afford color. Like Dr. Strangelove. Right, exactly. Yes. And 2001. So I don't want to hear about your black and white movies from before Raging Bull. And you can't use Raging Fuck Bull. you old people. Raging Bull is the cutoff point. What I want are movies that have to be in black and white that were made after 1980. And I don't want you to just tell me, oh, this looked good. I want you to tell me why a movie has to be in black and white. I want you to pick, you guys, Dingus and Kelly Wand, you guys have to pick three. If you're listening, you can pick as many as you want. Maybe not more than three. Don't call it wild. Uh, you can't so, get the topic wrong. Did you say I, after 1980? Uh, do you mean that are in black and white and have to be, or yes. that should be? Yeah, 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 exactly. That are in black, because if, they're, if, they're, if they have to be in black and white and they're in color, they clearly did not have to be in black and white. Uh, what if I just like to watch it in black and white? So if uh, you have ideas for this, send them in. We're, <laughs> we're happy to hear three of them, two of them, one of them. Uh, send in and explain to us why this movie has to be in black and white. And it is, does, of course, in black and white. Does it have to make sense or be That's a good That's actually okay. really uh, – I really like this task because I cannot for the life of me figure out why Nebraska has to be. Uh, well, I, and it even made me wonder, cause looking at the credits, I, a lot of well, – I don't know about a lot, but sometimes movies are shot in color and then post-processed into black and white. Uh, and I don't that's, know that that's happens. A, Why did you choose 1980? Can you choose 1978 as your choice? Why? What am I cutting out? It's, it's really – I was just thinking of – I think Raging Bull is a classic example of Scorsese just making a real artistic proclamation with, with black and white. So I just wanted it to be things after Raging Bull. Uh-huh. So I'm afraid not. What, what, what about think? that movie called Black and White? With well, you're, you're, you're ruling out my favorite – Oh, sorry. Your Woody Allen stuff. Exactly. Manhattan uh-huh. has to be in black and white. And, <laughs> well, and that's 1969. Raging Bull. There you go. Sorry. So, yeah, what I want this to be is just after 1980, because I want Raging Bull to be the cutoff point. So whatever movie that has to be in black and white, send them in to uh, 3x3 at quarter3.com. That's the number three, the letter X, the number three, at, and then you spell out quarter3.com. We would love to read it on the air. Um, and I'm closing the floor for questions for the 3x3. <laughs> closing the floor. He's closing the floor. So long, whatsoever under the floor. Uh, we have uh, on this podcast. We've been doing it for uh, t- three years. Two, I like, think four. God help us. Really, four? Wow. Yeah, Half yeah. the Obama administration. Uh, we love it when you send us emails, and we really appreciate that. We love getting email from you guys. We love when you guys participate in the three by three. On two occasions, we've gotten emails from famous people. One was from the director of a movie we really liked called Don McKay. Uh, and we were just all so thrilled to get that. He heard us do the podcast on his movie. And by the way, I think we all like Don McKay. We recommend you see that. We recently got an email from a second famous person. 
Uh, so next week, we are going to see the movie edited by Pete Boudreau called <laughs> All is Lost. Yay! So Pete is an editor who actually I looked him up on uh, on IMDb. I hope he doesn't mind. Uh, he's been working for a while, and he's been working in uh, a fair number. I've seen a fair number of his movies, but we mainly – or he knows – on the podcast, he, he was very appreciative of some of the things we said about a movie he edited called Margin Call, which was directed by J.C. Chandor. Uh, it was Mr. Chandor's first movie. Uh, and I think all of us on this podcast think Margin Call is brilliant. Those of us who saw it the year it came out, it was on our top ten list. We've mentioned it several times on 3 by 3s So J.C. Chandor's next movie, uh, or most recent movie, is called All is Lost, and uh, Mr. Boudreaux edited that as well. So he sent us a very gracious email. I think we've all wanted to see All is Lost, but it had a small, very limited release. We were busy seeing things like Thor and stuff, so we didn't get around to All is Lost. Thor, colon, and stuff. <laughs> so what we really want to do next week is we're going to uh, we're gonna find where All is Lost is playing. We're going we're gonna to see it. Uh, Pete, thank you so much for emailing us. We're really psyched to see it. And the fact that you were so kind enough to send us that email and say very nice things about our podcast, uh, we're going to go see All is Lost. And I'm going to feel so awful if I hate it, by the way. Like, what yeah, if we uh, go see All is Lost and we think it stinks? He compared it to Margin Call, though, didn't he? He said that he thought it had striking similarities, which makes sense. It's the same writer and director. So Maybe other famous people will listen to us, but... If you're famous and you've made a movie and you want us to see it, let us know. We we love hearing from famous and non-famous people. But if you've made a movie, you know, let us hear. What if Chris Hemsworth had said, "Hey, when you guys check out Thor," <laughs> uh, he got my vote. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, great. Yes, we, all right. So that's the answer. Whatever I said. Isn't Chris Hemsworth in a surfing movie? Yeah, I think it's called uh, Soul Surfer. No, I think he really is in a surfing movie. I could be wrong about that. Uh, at any rate, so uh, next week's podcast will be All is Lost. Uh, Wait, is this on video? No, no, it's a theatrical release, Kelly Wan. Oh. Have to go. No, but you said it was in a small release, and then it made yeah. it sound like that was the past. A small release in movie theaters. Yeah, it's a limited release at this point. I think it was a – I say limited. It's It's got to be somewhere up near – But then next week it goes wide, or we're just going to have to find it? It sits at about 10 theaters here in, in the L.A. area, Kelly Wong. Oh. It's in more theaters than Nebraska. There you go. Yeah, It's in more theaters than the state of Nebraska. <laughs> exactly. All right. That's fine. Fine. First thing you made sets talking, saying things tonight to me. <laughs> See? I, that's the defender that Alexander Payne wants. Ke- Kelly Wong has gone senescent. I believe. I hope, I hope we charming were... and cute. It, that is, is, it sounds like something a submarine commander would say. He's gone senescent. I like to screw. <laughs> Jeez. Well, on that note, uh, so join us next week for the All is Lost podcast. And our 3x3 three three will be uh, movies that have to be in black and white that are after 1980 and that are in black and white. Uh, I am Tom Chick. I've been joined by Christian J- J- Marzinski. It's Christian Murawski. I don't know. And uh, Kelly Wand. Uh, is Annie Hall for... Uh, no. 73? <laughs> Thank you. I thought it was good, too, what I just said. <laughs> Keep talking, Wong! <laughs> <laughs> 
The worst version of this song. The one in the movie is better. Good lord. <laughs> What is he doing? Singing a song so full of sometimes you so bad. Boy, Dingus, that night I did karaoke sure was a mistake. What's the statute of limitations on bullshit?